Well, good afternoon, hockey fans. Welcome to this week's episode of From the Press Box right here on the AHL Report. I'm your host and the lead correspondent here at the AHL Report, Amy Johnson. And of course, I'm joined every week by my fabulous, marvelous co-host, the editor-in-chief of all of our Rocket Sports uh, brands, as well as the founder of Rocket Sports Media, Mr. Rick Stevens. Very happy to be here this afternoon. We're glad to have you yet again. Mm -hmm. Uh, February 19th, lots to talk about today. I'll give you a quick rundown of of what we can expect today. We have a packed show. Uh, We're going to spend a lot of time talking about uh, the Laval Rocket today, particularly because, first of all, they've played four games since the last time we all met here a week ago. Four games uh, and all on the road. And so we're going to talk about how those went. That also means that the Rocket Sports Media team was on hand on the road. Uh, We were at both uh, Laval Rocket games in Binghamton, Rick and I were. And so we've got uh, some exclusive post-game audio from interviews that we had both nights, both with uh, head coach Joel Bouchard and, and a number of key players from each game. So we certainly want to give you some of that audio because you're not going to hear it anywhere else other than here. And and there were some interesting things that were said Uh, after that, of course, um, we're going to take a quick little jaunt around the AHL uh, talk about the player of the week. Will it be someone that the Laval rocket has recently played? You're going to have to wait to find out. There's also a trade that happened uh, earlier today, an AHL level trade that we want to talk about. We'll take a, Very brief look at beginnings of the playoff picture as we're starting to wind down towards that final push uh, towards the postseason. And then when we go beyond the AHL, we have some news about the Niagara Ice Dogs, as well as our weekly preview telling you what the Rocket Sports Media team will be up to this week. So lots of good stuff coming your way this hour. Sounds great. Mm Mm-hmm going to be quite fun. I don't have any exciting national days to announce today. So no. National Lash Day. National what day? Lash. National Lash Day. Lash Day. Like eyelashes or like you're going to get a lashing. Like flogging. <laughs> no, yeah, I don't fl- think that's flogging. what I'm like, which which lash are we talking about here? What's the um there's a phobia. Sagophobia? Is it sagophobia that's a fear of flogging? I would not know. It's something like that. Uh, anyways, not that last, uh, I don't think. I didn't investigate it, but National Lash Day, also National Chocolate Mint Day, which... Mm, eh. Yeah. Well, I, national, you know, I can celebrate National I can Cherry celebrate Pie that Day one. tomorrow. Really? Yeah. Again, I swear Again. to God... <laughs> I know, Between like the cherry month, pie right? and the popcorn, you have you have it rigged that it's either mm-hmm. national, international, global, world. Like I think you've got like seven iterations of each of those two days of the cherry pie and popcorn and, and popcorn know. days. Probably French mm-hmm. fries and cheeseburgers too. I would imagine. Well, there's National Margarita Days on Friday for you. So. Oh yeah. Hey, and tomorrow is National Love Your Pet Day. Do you have a pet? Oh, I don't. You I don't? I want a pet. No, mm. I want to get a dog. Hmm. Maybe sometime soon. I don't. You could I bring it had, to the I... rink and it could meet, it could meet, um, what's, what's the Canadian's? Flambo. 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 Yeah. I could. Yes, I'm sure. I'm sure every. Um, I'm sure every uh, media coordinator that uh, grants us credentials would love it if I asked if I could bring my dog to the press box. <laughs> You'd have to have a pretty athletic dog to get up to the Syracuse press box. Which we're going to be climbing that ladder tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. Make sure you're limbered up, warm up, Weather stretch. Permitting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, stretch before you before we get there. You have to make the climb. It's going to be good. Well, 
as we say, they're going to be in Syracuse tomorrow night, Laval. But before we get to Syracuse, let's go back a little bit and talk about um, what they did between last week and this week. Because, who it was not looking good last week. Not at all was it looking good last week. Uh, when we last spoke, they were on a six-game losing streak. They extended that losing streak to seven on Wednesday night in Utica when they dropped that one four to one, uh, managing to only get 21 shots on goal that night. Um, wasn't it, it wasn't a pretty uh, it wasn't a pretty pretty game whatsoever. In fact, it was a it was a pretty uh, it was a, a very disappointing looking game from from Laval. They were uh, from the first puck drop, they just looked completely out of it and never really got into it. Then they went to Binghamton for the first time this season and played back-to-back games Friday night and Saturday night, Rick. And would you, what do you know? They stopped the losing streak and managed to put together back-to-back wins. They beat the Devils Friday night, four to three. And then on Saturday night, they kind of womp from five to two um, was quite the succession of games. Um, can't say that they've been uh, doing anything on special teams uh, in both of those games. Uh, they went over two and over one on the power play. And in fact, they played an afternoon matinee game in Belleville yesterday afternoon for family day in Ontario. Uh, they lost that game in overtime four to three, so they did manage to get a point, but they lost in ult- overtime ultimately. And they went 0 for 4 on the power play yesterday. So in their last three games, they are 0 for 7 on the power play. Um, and in the last four games, they've given up four four goals uh, while on the penalty kill. So it's um, it's kind of a good news, bad news kind of a day. They That game in Utica was abysmal, um, but somehow they managed to turn it around and and – really take it to Binghamton and pull out two solid wins Friday and Saturday. And, and quite frankly, could have won yesterday's game in Belleville, but they did, um, they did ultimately lose that one in overtime. Now you just wonder what, uh, what the team would be like if it actually had uh, decent special teams. And, and we know <laughs> Joe Bouchard said that uh, he doesn't need, uh, a, a good power play to win games, but um, they gave up two power play goals uh, to Utica. They gave up two short, short-handed goals uh, yesterday um, uh, against Belleville. So um, I, I, I think it's fair to say that uh, uh, they've had decent goaltending. They had decent goaltending uh, over the weekend and certainly have had this season. And, and they've been pretty good in their own end with all of the, uh, extra NHL experience talent hanging around. Um, and, uh, but the, you know, ending that, that seven game losing streak, uh, the guys were sure pretty pumped about it. And, and particularly going on to win, uh, the second game in Binghamton, the, the two in a row, they were, uh, celebrating in the, in the dressing room. Absolutely. As you say, it was, uh, they were pretty jubilant, uh, on Friday night post game, you know, getting that finally snapping that losing streak. Um, but Saturday night after they had put together back to back wins, it was, uh, well, as you'll hear in some of our interview audio, it was quite boisterous in the background while they did their cool down stretches. They were, uh, I think they were ready to play a full mother 60 minutes of hockey. I think they had that much <laughs> adrenaline going. Um, particularly the the Saturday game in which they won 5-2. to two. Uh, The first goal of the night uh, actually was scored by Morgan Adams-Moisan, uh, his first AHL goal. Um, now, I have to say, we, we have commented on, on, on this young man a couple of times that we've seen him. Um, skating is not probably why he's currently playing <laughs> in the AHL. Um, but Nikita Yevpilov's was a big key factor in, in that particular game. And again, yesterday as well, uh, Yevpilov's had two assists in Saturday's game in Binghamton and, and Rick, he, he really um, in the last week or so has really started 
to stand out even more as he's gotten more responsibility um, moving up the lineup with injuries and whatnot. And, and he looks particularly good this weekend. Well, he's always looked good with uh, Vedamo. They, they have some obvious chemistry um, and, and work well together. Uh, but yeah, Pulov seems to, it's, it's, he's a confident player right now. And that goal um, uh, that he set up for, Adams Moisan and and as you say, uh, you know one thing about Adams Moisan is is he's a smart player and he happened to be in the right place at the right time. He went to the right place, the right time. But that goal was all Yevpolov. Um, the patience that he had, the the skill, the move that he made to uh, find some some uh, open ice for himself, and then it was his shot that kind of glanced off of. Uh, Adams Moisan for the first goal um, against Binghamton, and uh, and then he later that game he he set up uh, Vedamo um, mm-hmm. with a, an equally nice move uh, from uh, the sideboards. Uh, found Vedamo, threaded the needle, the pass. Um, he he yeah he had a superb game that night. Well, we actually spoke to Nikita Yevpolovs after that game, um, and I have to say uh, he is quite a joyful athlete off the ice. Uh, not two wins in a row, notwithstanding, and two assists on the night, notwithstanding, but just big smile, very friendly, really eager to talk to the media. Uh, he he was, you know, not shy with his answers and just really full of energy. Uh, and and also had had some great things to say about Morgan Adams Moisan and that and that first AHL goal. So here's just a little bit of our exclusive interview with Nikita Yevpolov. Uh, well, I'm just trying to play how I can and like uh, be like uh, something that like helps the team every every game. And uh, actually, I'm really pumped for Morgan. Uh, I know the guy a long time. We played juniors together and. Uh, puts a smile on the face that uh, four years ago I, he was uh, just came in and now he scores goal in the first goal in the AHL and I'm sure it's not the last one. I should just that's say the- that that's that's not construction background. That's uh, members of the Rocket destroying a medicine ball. Yeah. Uh, after after the game. <laughs> I yes, I think we listened to 20 straight minutes of that medicine ball getting absolutely hammered against floors and walls and <laughs> it's good for you to point that out. Um, Joel Bouchard was also uh, equally impressed with Nikita Yevplovs and the rest of, and the rest of his um, line, which has been uh, consisting lately of uh, Vedamo and Alain. Um, and here's, here's also what Joel Bouchard had to say. Yeah, he was really good this weekend, and I think the whole line was good. Venmo, Ale, and Nikki, uh, they brought some offense also, but they were really good defending. They did a great job on the PK. Um, no, I really liked the way they brought energy, and that's why I started them in the third period, because I thought they had a good game going. Uh, and Nikki was, uh, was definitely a guy that provoked a lot of offense tonight. Now that's some pretty glowing remarks uh, from Joel Bouchard uh, on on Yevplovs in particular, but but that entire third line, uh, that's that's the kind of work that you want to hear that your third line is doing. Uh, for sure, um, and uh, you know he's he he mentions the uh, the penalty kill and and um, you know it's 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 not been good. Uh, uh, this season, uh, but but they they um, are aggressive. Um, uh, Vedamo and 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 Yevpolov are aggressive, and and they need more of that. They need more of that. They need that from from uh, all the guys on the ice uh, um, in 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 any special teams capacity. One guy, actually, now that you say that, uh, who uh, we didn't have a chance to to speak with as far as an interview goes. Uh, over the course of the weekend, but who again is standing out and working his butt off uh, is Dan Odette. Um, and, and he had another really tremendous uh, weekend. Uh, he had two empty net goals uh, Friday and Saturday night, and they were carbon copies of one another. He was, he was just over the blue line, received the puck and just a soft little uh, toss towards, towards the empty net and, and, 
potted it both nights, um, which which was which was pretty funny. But working really hard along the boards, winning puck battles, it's skating, you know, using his speed and and the the back check, I just. I, I have to say, I know we've talked about it a couple of times this season, but ever since he really started to get things going kind of in, in mid-December, um, he, Dan Audette, I, I, I must say, has continued to improve and impress. Well, Dan said this before, but he said it again uh, to us on the weekend with the microphone off, but, uh, you know, we're not betraying any secrets here. He, he He said the key for him was figuring out that, um, it, it's it's about doing the little things, uh, and and mm-hmm. those those little things are what what give you the opportunities for um, uh, for the offensive side of the game, which he obviously uh, enjoys. Uh, but it's focusing on those those little things that uh, don't necessarily come naturally, um, but um, but if, if everyone on your line is doing that, then uh, you're going to get more opportunities. He's figured that out and, and uh, took him some, uh, you know, a, a, a little while at the beginning of the season to figure that out. But he's done that and, and he's uh, getting rewarded now. There's another player uh, who we're going to talk more extensively about here in a few minutes who, who also tends to use that phrase a lot when talking about what the keys are to, to making sure that his game stays solid and, and uses that doing the little things and just putting the little pieces together. Um, and, and we'll get to that. We'll get to him in just a moment. So it's, but it's interesting that you do point that out that, that Audette mentioned the same thing and, and um you know, sometimes that comes with maturity as an athlete and as and as a person to to understand that it's not always the big it's not always the big plays that are the things that are going to make the difference. Um, so good for Dan. Uh, he's he's having a he's having a really tremendous go of it here. Uh, Charlie Lindgren also all smiles uh, this weekend. Um, in fact, both uh, both goaltenders with a win this weekend. Lindgren was in the crease on Friday night for that first win in, win in Binghamton, and Michael McNiven was in the crease uh, on Saturday night for that game against Binghamton and that win. Um, so both goaltenders get a win this weekend, but we did catch up with Charlie Lindgren Friday night after uh, that first win to snap that losing streak. Uh, he He was, of course, you know, <laughs> Even on a bad day, Charlie Lindgren usually has a has a smile uh, when he faces the media and, and stays pretty positive, but uh, was feeling very good. The room was feeling very good. Um, and when we asked him, you know, especially, Rick, I know you've, you've spoken about this plenty as far as uh, goaltenders go, especially when there's loss upon loss upon loss that gets compiled, whether it's the fault of the goaltender or not, everybody always looks to the goaltenders and, and how mental of a game uh, goaltending can be. And so uh, one of the last things that we asked Lindgren was what it takes for him when you, when you get a situation where there's, you know, two, two and a half weeks that go by three weeks that go by without the team getting a win. How do you as a goaltender stay focused and stay positive uh, so that you always can come to the rank thinking, yes, I we have a shot to win tonight. And and uh, here's what Charlie Lindgren had to say about that. Yeah, well, I think uh, you know I always have confidence in myself. That's very important. And uh, I got great people surrounding me too. So you know, after a tough loss, I you know obviously it's it's frustrating, but um, I got good people to talk to, and they keep me on the right path. And um, that's that's super important. So. Yeah, it's been tough, especially on this losing streak. But you stick, you stick at it. You can't, you can't go into a shell, and you got to just keep on pushing back even harder. Love that attitude. It's great attitude, and it's it's necessary for goaltenders because, as you said, um, a lot of the attention um, unfairly gets gets channeled towards goaltenders, and and. Uh, um, you know, it's, it's, it's not, uh, goaltenders are, are, uh, uh, tagged with wins and losses. Um, you know, a, a, a second pairing defenseman isn't tagged with winning uh, wins and losses or a, mm-hmm. a penalty kill specialist or, but the, a goaltender is, uh, whether it's, it's been his fault or not. He, you know, he can't score the goals and, and, uh, 
uh, he can't um, uh, prevent uh, forwards from entering the zone. Um, so, um, yeah, the mental game is is very important. We talked a lot about that with um, in previous seasons with uh, Zach Fukali and and what he was doing. We we've talked about it a little bit earlier this year uh, when speaking about the the Lehigh Valley Phantoms and uh, Carter Hart. Um, Mm-hmm. And what he did to to um, uh, get himself mentally focused, and and uh, you know Charlie Lindgren um, certainly has the right demeanor, demeanor, and and is able to uh, and the right mindset to um, um, absorb what's what's happening and focus on what he can do, and uh, and not try to do too much. And 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 still, it's it's hard because. You know, it, that, that quote that Charlie gave us a couple of years ago where he hates getting scored on any goal, uh, mm-hmm. every goal. Um, and so um, you, have to, you have to let that go and, and uh, just do your best. Um, and um, he was, he was uh, certainly great against uh, um, Binghamton. Um, and um, uh, McNiven played well, too. Now, now <laughs> McNiven... Wasn't so tested um, in no. uh, the Saturday game in that uh, he didn't receive a shot on goal in the first period. Um, uh, and and uh, the, the Binghamton fans let uh, their team know that. Um, oh, yeah, uh, they did. At the, at the end of the first period, they were not happy. Uh, and so uh, Binghamton came back in the second period. And, and, uh, and there, uh, Michael McNiven had a bit of a test. Uh, but both played well, both of them, both Ab- goaltenders. Absolutely. Um, we talked a moment ago about uh, Dan Audette saying that he, you know, was getting back to the, to the to the little things in his game, and I kind of teased that there was another player that we wanted to talk about um, who also has been consistently playing well all season long, has been playing well season to season uh, with the Habs farm team. And this weekend in particular has had just had in, in my humble opinion, in our humble opinion, uh, just an outstanding weekend. And that's Brett Learnout. Um, And Brett Learnout is another one who will say, I'm just doing the little things. In fact, I think he said something like that. Uh, Here's what Brett Learnout had to say uh, following the wins and also getting to play. Uh, he's been paired a lot recently with Carl Alsner um, and, and what he thinks about that. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm um, just keeping it to my game really. I mean, just keeping it simple. And I know it sounds a uh, cliche. I say it all the time, but, but, that, but that's all I really got to do is keep it simple. And uh, I think it really helps that uh, my partner, Carl is there. I mean, he's, he's always talking to me. He's always there supporting me and, and uh, he's a veteran, right? So he knows exactly what to do. So just another way of saying, and instead of doing the little things, Brett Learnout's thing is that he always just keeps it simple, which means he's focusing on the little things and the basics and just playing the simple game. But man, Rick, he's, he was doing that in spades this weekend. And, and he's being a bit modest. He played more than a simple game. Um, yes. <laughs> and you, you heard that the medicine ball again in the background there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Brett Learnout was played a very smart game. Um, and, and that's not to say, I think, I think some, uh, may have a misapprehension of, of, uh, the skills of Brett Learnout. He is, mm-hmm. um, he's making good decisions with the puck, whether to rush the puck, whether to make that first pa- pass, when to pinch, when not to pinch. Uh, and as he mentioned, Carl Alsner is, uh, they, they have very good chemistry between them. They communicate well. Um, and, and, uh, they are, are covering up for, for each other. Uh, Brett Learnout, you know, whether it's, um, he's got a great shot, whether it's uh, clearing the front of the net or, or making a big hit. Um, he was, um, in my opinion, the best defenseman for those two games in Binghamton. And, and we heard uh, a similar thing said on 91, nine. Um, mm-hmm. so, uh, I, I, I don't know what more, uh, he, he could have done. He was, he was, uh, very, very good, um, in, uh, in those two. And, and, you know, it, we, we could see, uh, that the, um, Binghamton forwards were getting frustrated with Brett Learnout, um, mm-hmm. when they were, um, 
you know, not being able to maneuver in, in the Laval zone the way they wanted to and, and uh, getting knocked off the puck. And, and uh, he was, he was making his presence known. He absolutely was. And, and, it's the style of hockey and the kind of play that we've seen Brett learn out consistently and reliably do game in and game out for the last number of seasons uh, that he's been playing pro. And, and as with any player, as with any defenseman, yes, uh, as, as he continues to play and progresses season through season, he's getting better and better. Um, it's still a case that I think that he has a legitimate place uh, at the NHL level. And I'm, I can I can hear the fans groaning from here upon hearing that. You need to let him have a legitimate shot at playing at that level. Um, and and that's not just uh, that's not lip service. That's not not knowing you know what I'm talking about because I only see him play in the AHL. His style of game is exactly what the Canadians could actually use right now. Um, in in spades. You don't believe me? Chalk it up to whatever you think about how Carl Alsner has has performed with this team. But Carl Alsner is is a is a grizzled, experienced veteran defenseman in the NHL. And when I asked Carl Alsner what he thought about being paired with Brett Lernout and playing with Brett Lernout, he had nothing but. Gl- no, I'm not talking just off the cuff, nice things to say. I'm talking glowing remarks about Brett Learnout. And in fact, I have a clip for you to listen to. Check this out. Yeah, well, everybody loves learning. He, it's, it's hard not to like the guy. He's, he's got tons of energy. He cares deeply about not only playing hockey, but the guys on the team, and that's what you always like to see. Uh, he talks a ton, which is a defenseman's dream when, when you have a partner that talks or anybody on the ice that talks. And, uh, and, and he's I feel like when he's out there, you know, you get a little bit more room because it's not that he runs around, but he's going to come and hit you, and he's going to finish his checks, and he's going to be be hard in front. Um, and you know, those are all great habits to have. So I'm I'm a big fan of his. I really enjoy playing with him, but I also enjoy playing with every defenseman on this team. I haven't had a bad experience with anyone, so um, you know, it's it's a bit of riches right now on the back end. Two things I want to unpack from that, Rick. One, one I want your comment on. Um, but first it just him, him, I mean, he's giddy with joy to say, I just, I absolutely love playing with Brett Larnout. Like he's just a joy to play with and, and picking out the things that he is saying are quality defensive skills, talents, abilities that obviously Brett Larnout is, is showing his partner, Carl Alsner, and that he just, it's, he, it's a joy to play with him. I mean, if that's, <laughs> I don't know what it will take for fans to see the talent that Brett Larnout has on the blue line. And, and I'm hoping, I'm hoping beyond hopes that he gets a legitimate look in the NHL and not some compulsory come up. Oh, your skate blade fell off. And so I'm going to bench you for a period and, and, and all of that kind of BS. Um, so I'd like your thoughts on that coupled with that last comment that Carl Osner stuck in there that, it's a bed of riches on the back end in Laval. Well, uh, you know, I, I think if, if, if you're not on board with the, the learn out deserves a chance, you just haven't p- been paying attention and, and maybe you haven't, maybe, maybe you don't know. Um, maybe you aren't aware of, of, of his skill. Um, he was certainly one of the better defensemen at Canadians um, training camp Um he deserved a longer look than he got, but because of all of the the goings on with, you know, was Alsner going to stay? Was Ben going to get a job? All that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Learnout was was sent down. Um, you know, we heard one of his own uh, teammates say, uh, "There's nothing that Jordy Ben does that uh, Brett Learnout couldn't do and do it better." Yes. Um, yep. Um, so. Um, you know, I, I, I think that um, those that 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 don't see that just have blinders on or, 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 or are not aware. Um, the uh, he mentioned him being both good on and off the ice. Um, uh, Alsner did of learn out um, and uh, and and make, you know, there's he's effective taking the body or or clearing the front of the net. And and that 
has helped uh, with the goaltending as well. Um, but but that other point that there's a, a bit of a um, um, a wealth uh, of defensemen um, at the AHL level that you don't normally see. Um, you don't normally see at at that level. Um, Alsner is is correct, and and he's astute enough to to point that out. That it's it's um, you know it's it's you don't normally have defensemen with all that kind of experience um, on the back end in the AHL, and that that the Laval Rocket have had that all season long, and whether that's um, Alsner himself or Xavier Willette or Simone Dupre for for a time. Uh, Victor Mata, Noah Jolson, uh, David Schlemko, uh, Brett Kulak, all of that that um, um, experience has been, um, um, you know, a benefit to the team that that uh, teams don't normally have, and that that um, you know has kind of perhaps made made Laval's record. Uh, a little bit better than than it otherwise would be, uh, based on the, you know, the way the the rest of the team and the and the, the lack of special teams um, uh, have been playing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, we asked uh, we asked Joel Bouchard his thoughts um, on on Brett Larnout's play this weekend. And in fact, kind of we kind of challenged him and said, you know. Was Brett Lernout one of your best defensemen this weekend? Because you had, as you say, you you Rick had had said it. Uh, we had heard that the the ninety one nine broadcasters had said it. So put that to Joel Bouchard, and Joel Bouchard had good things to say about Brett Lernout, folks. Hey, and you know what? Um, Lernout is progressing a lot the last uh, the last year. Uh, it's very demanding the style of hockey he has to do, and we're we're demanding on him. And um, I thought last night he was just okay, but I thought tonight he came back with a really strong effort and a character. I don't think he was happy with uh, with some of the play last night, which uh, wasn't a terrible game. But, you know, as a defenseman, you always want to be as good as you can be at what you are. And uh, you're right. I think tonight he, he bounced back with a really nice effort. So those are pretty decent comments from Joel Bouchard for 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 Brett Larnout. Um, you know, it's it's not always been that we've had that we've heard such uh, glowing commentary from from coaches up top or de- or down in the AHL um, about his abilities. And so it was nice to hear him get some credit for the work that he's putting in. It was I begrudgingly. <laughs> So yeah, and, and he said that, that, that a bounce back, well, I'm not sure that was true because Brett Lernout played uh, very well both nights. And, yeah, and I understand did. it's not, it's not uh, a player that, that uh, Bouchard feels he has a connection with. He's not a former Armada player. It's not a, a more ladder to pray, you know? Um, so it, it takes a lot for, <laughs> for him to say anything nice, but, but, but he did. Uh, he did uh, uh, speak positively about uh, Saturday's effort. There's one more thing that I that I do want to touch on, Rick, uh, because it's the media um, have have you know anytime there's post game interviews, post game scrums, um, particularly for home games. There's plenty of reporting on what the players had to say and whether the players had positive things to say about how the season's going or the new roster or the new coaching staff or, you know, all of those types of things. Um, and I, I put together here a series of clips from this weekend. Now, keep in mind, these clips are not all from the same night. Uh, this is a clip from Joel Bouchard. There's a clip from Nikita Yevplovs, and there's a clip from Charlie Lindgren. We did not interview uh, Yevplovs and Lindgren on the same night. I'll start with Joel Bouchard's because his is a little lengthier. The other two are, are relatively short. But this is, uh, this is, in general, this is the commentary that Joel, Joel Bouchard had after their second win on Saturday night, uh, their second back-to-back win. Uh, and this was kind of his response on 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 their ability to get there and get those two back-to-back wins. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, you know, when we had a few loss in a row and I, like I said, the guys were practicing hard. We had good game. Uh, 
I think guys were squeezing the stick a little bit for a young team. Uh, I thought tonight we, we came out of the block. We played a great first period. A couple of mistakes when we had the lead to nothing. I think uh, complacency or, or you know lack of experience. And uh, we paid hard those mistakes with two goals. And after that, it was it was a grind to finish the period. But I really proud the way we talked to the player. We, we reset after the second period and came out with a strong effort for a young team like that. A lot of teams would lose that game in the third just because, you know, they mess up and they don't feel good about themselves. And we try to keep a positive uh, atmosphere. And I really like the way we played the first five minutes of the third and through the whole third period. So, yeah, they got to feel good about themselves. It's a young team with not much experience. And they're learning, like, fast. And we're challenging them. And, and, and they have a bit of a recipe where they feel good and they get wins. So I'm, I'm proud of them. Now, keeping that comment in mind, there was, he, he said a lot there, but keeping that comment in mind, I'd like you to listen to uh, comments from Yevplovs and Lindgren on two different nights regarding how they were playing. Yes, uh, the guys right now are uh, pretty excited, but uh, there's still 25 or 24 games left, and we have to keep doing what we what we know the recipe, and we have to keep doing it. Yeah, I think, uh, again, we know what uh, what makes us play well. We know our DNA, we know the recipe, and uh, when we stick to that, we're a pretty good hockey club. So, Was there a common theme that you happened to catch anywhere in there, Rick? <laughs> well, I, I think the, the lesson here, um, and I said it afterwards, recipe seems to, uh, was the the code word of, of the weekend. And, um mm-hmm. I think it's important for uh, people to realize, um, you know, some fans, when when a quote is reported, they run to social media and say, well, uh, Carrie Price said this, you know, or some and and you have to um, I think it's important for media to um, also provide a bit of context because uh, all quotes are not equal. Um, no, they are not. They're not created equally. No. Uh, in my mind, there's kind of three. There's three categories. Uh, there's the canned canned responses. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, those are all the hockey cliches, and and um, players learn that stuff um, quite pretty quickly. quite easily. <laughs> they're 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 the vanilla quotes. That they're the the Melba toast ones that aren't going to get them into trouble. Uh, so they learn to to say those quite um, early on. Um, there's the parroted responses, uh, something they've heard the coach say, or, or someone in management say, they know that they're safe if they repeat, repeat those because it's, it's the party line. It's, it's, uh, you know, it's the talking points that are handed out. Um, mm-hmm. not literally, but, but, but they know that they're safe going there. Uh, because uh, because the, the, someone else has said it, so so they're okay. Someone else in authority has said it, so they're okay. And then thirdly, there's there's the genuine responses, and um, those come out. You, you have to know where to find those, and it can be uh, by knowing the player uh, or by knowing the circumstance uh, right. when those genuine responses are going to come out. So. You know, I I think um, we have a what you what you played there was a lot of number two the the parroted response. And it's not the first time that we've heard that happen this season. Um, there are a number of kind of I'm going to say I'm going to call them Bouchard catchphrases that um, we've heard plenty from from the coach and as the season goes on we're starting to hear them crop up more and more in in interviews with players as well um so it was just it had stood out to you right away this weekend on back-to-back nights when it was how many times have we heard the word recipe this weekend and and so i went through all the audio and and found all found the occasions where and and sure enough on on different nights uh it was it was brought up just a little bit interesting there um the one last before we uh before we kind of wrap up the laval segment here there's just one last uh audio clip that i wanted to play um carl alsner uh, as nikita yevfalovs was energetic and bubbly and happy carl alsner was just purely pleasant to speak with um 
everything, if, if anyone in the media has ever said he's just a, a genuinely nice guy off the ice to, to speak with, they are correct. Um, and couldn't have been more forthcoming and felt very genuine at it, talking, kind of going along with what you were just saying there, felt very genuine in a lot of his responses um, and mentioned to him one of Bouchard's other catchphrases is, is how young this team is. And so took that kind of question to Carl Osner saying, if this is such a young team and you're a veteran player, you know, what, what are the keys to keeping a young team like this focused in the midst of all these losses and, and things like that. And, and he had a really, he had a really good response to that. And for me, I think you know, one of the main things is just trying to, you know, let them know it's okay to lose some games. You know, you're going to lose some. It's, it's how you, it's how you respond. And um, it seems like every time we we do lose a game, at least from the times that I've been here, um, our response has been good the next time, and uh, that's a good sign. You know, shows that that the guys care and and they they are able to forget about you know what's happened in the past, and that's uh, that goes a long way uh, in your career because you know you're not going to have years where you where you win 55 games. You're going to more often than not, it's going to be kind of split down the middle. So um, I think that that's going to go a long way. And I just, you know, it's Carl Osner's had a really great attitude dealing with the the season that he's had, the back and forth, uh, as we said to him, literally the an up and down season. Um, he's had a very good attitude dealing with, with it all. Um, and at the very least, he he's he's carrying that leadership down into the AHL and is at least there to, to sound, it sounds like provide some very sound mentorship uh, for the younger players on this team. Mm-hmm. And I mean, uh, on the ice, he's, he's playing solidly. And, and as I said, uh, he and Lernat are a very effective uh, pairing, uh, but it's, it's uh, those other things that he can offer um, to the to the uh, younger defensemen, whether it's Learnout or uh, Kale Fleury or uh, those who haven't who haven't been through it before, and and uh, um, and and he's he's uh, a calm, very calm voice of of reason, uh, and uh, along with, as you said, a, a very positive attitude, and for for someone who has been, um, you know not necessarily had a great shake. He was, he was uh, pursued. He was recruited. He was um, um, promised things that uh, never came through and, and he's did, um, uh, you know, his fate and, and, and is, is certainly uh, doing everything he can do to make the best of it. Absolutely. He is. That's going to wrap up uh, our first segment with the Laval Rocket. Don't go anywhere. We're going to take a quick break. On the other side, we're going to come back and take a quick spin around the AHL and see who did the league choose as this week's Player of the Week. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. For all the latest news, interviews, analysis, and commentary about the Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and every other team in the American Hockey League, as well as information on prospects, junior hockey, and international hockey, head over to AHL.Report, the home of the AHL Report. Follow along on Twitter at the AHL Report for live game updates, ringside photography, game recaps, and articles containing exclusive audio and video of your favorite players. That's the AHL Report, proud partner of Rocket Sports Media, AHL.Report. From the Press Box is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at Rocketsportsmedia.com. Well, Rick, the week has finally come. It's finally here. And which week is that? the week in which the CCM AHL player of the week is not a player <laughs> who embarrassed the Laval rocket last week. I don't know how well, it happened. Yeah. Need a recount. <laughs> um, but it is a familiar name. I'm betting plenty of people will know this name. Bridgeport sound tigers forward, Josh Hosang 
selected as the CCM AHL Player of the Week for the week ending February 17th. Uh, in the two games that he played with the Sound Tigers last week, Hosang recorded four goals and two assists. Now, keep in mind, in the 37 AHL games this season, prior to that that he played, he only had two goals during those 37 games. So this was a significant week for Josh Hosang. <laughs> the enigmatic Josh Hosang. The oh, yes. Material. Yeah. The, um, he, the talent's there. Uh, the, 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 the skill is there. It's just uh, uh, the focus sometimes isn't, but uh, as it wasn't for those games that you described prior to this week. Uh, but congratulations to him for uh, putting it all together. And in the midst of that, of those four goals and two assists, he did uh, manage to tally his first career hat trick. And uh, that was on Sunday and set a personal best with five points that day um, after Bridgeport came back from being down three to one against Charlotte, the, the league leading Charlotte checkers and eventually beat them seven to three. So Pretty impressive, uh, pretty impressive look for Josh Hosang and the Bridgeport Sound Tigers last week. Uh, we should make a quick mention of an AHL trade that happened earlier today. Uh, the New York Rangers and the Chicago Blackhawks made a trade at the AHL level, Rick, and they, let's see, the Rangers acquired defenseman Darren Radish from the Chicago Blackhawks in exchange for one forward, Peter Holland familiar name for uh for folks in the montreal canadians system and peter holland um yes uh, uh started uh with the ahl team uh at the beginning of the year uh was it last year was it last year yes. <laughs> i think it was yeah yeah uh, and, he was and was yeah cracknell. and then traded for adam cracknell um and uh <laughs> Uh, Adam Cracknell came from Hartford um, and performed extremely well. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, But Peter Holland is um, been no slouch either. He's, he's, uh, he's been great this season in the top 10 in scoring um, for uh, all season um, and uh, effective uh, power play guy. And uh, uh, yeah, he's, um, what's he at? 49 points in 52 games right now. So um, he's, he's, um, he's been great. And, uh, and I'm sure he'll, um, he'll help out um, and uh, being traded for a, a younger prospect. That he is uh, Hartford, the Wolfpack, while they had a decent start to the season, uh, they have fallen off quite significantly in the last four to six weeks um, and they find themselves uh, in last place in the conference right now with only 50 points. Um, They have not looked uh, great as of, as of late. So making, starting to make some trades and uh, get, get prepared uh, for the trade deadline there. Shuffling. And he'll help uh, Peter Holland will help Rockford. Rockford's in a a battle Uh, there. They currently have a, 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 playoff spot the four the last playoff spot in the central division uh but he'll help help uh boost their offense and and because uh, there's a real dog fight with uh, a number of teams within uh four four or five teams within a, a couple of points each other of each other in the central division that is absolutely right uh, now, the Laval Rocket did manage – they were in the basement for sure. Uh, they were in last place in the North Division um, until their win on Saturday night. Uh, Binghamton, when they started – when they started – when they went – I guess when they started their series in Utica, they were five points back on Binghamton. Um, they are now tied with Binghamton uh, – beating them twice this weekend certainly helped. Um, So they're tied with Binghamton at 51 points because their winning percentage is slightly better at 481. uh, They're actually sitting in seventh place and not eighth. Um, However, they are still 11 points out of 
that coveted number four spot, uh, which is the target for the playoff position. Uh, that's the Toronto Marlies are sitting in fourth right now uh, at 62 points. Utica and Syracuse are tied at second and third place with 64 points, and Rochester is just ahead of them at 63 points. Um, Belleville, Rick, we should mention that Belleville um, fortunately did did get they Belleville got the win against Laval yesterday. Belleville has been on just a tremendous scoring streak, uh, winning streak. Uh, they are sitting just two points back of the Toronto Marlies, seven points out of first place in the division. Um, Belleville's on like a nine game winning streak or something like that. It's, it's, it's pretty incredible. They've, they've, well, they've they been have working points really in points in 15 or something like that. Um, something like and, that. Yeah. Um, so it's those top five teams that are going to be battling it out. It looks like it are going to be battling it out mm-hmm. um, for the, the four playoff spots in the North um, Cleveland Laval and Binghamton look like they're out of it at this point. And, uh, uh, but it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. Um, you know, uh, Belleville on one uh, in in the north, uh, Hershey on in the Atlantic, are just on a crazy run, um, fifteen, fourteen, oh, oh, and one streak, uh, and they've popped crazy. all the way to third place in in the Atlantic, which is significant because as of today, so if the Calder Cup playoffs started today, Lehigh Valley is out of it. Because Hersh because of Hershey's surge, Hershey has has bumped Lehigh Valley, and Lehigh Valley. If playoffs started today, the Phantoms would not make the playoffs, and that is that's just that's in, that's insane to even consider because because of how well Lehigh Valley has played this year. Um, it's just it's I think it's going to be a really crazy run up to the playoffs over the next six weeks or so. Yeah, that's right. Uh, you know, no no one's touching Charlotte. They're in first. Um, right. Uh, Bridgeport has has uh, you know scratched out a, a a bit of a a cushion for themselves, and then it's uh, Hershey, Providence, and Lehigh, um, and and Wilkesbury's still still hanging on. Um, and so it, it'll be interesting to see how that all works out. The division that's interesting as well is the Pacific. The Bakersfield Condors, I, they won, I think, their 15th straight or something like that. They're sitting up in first place in the Pacific. But right there in second and third, the San Jose Barracuda and the San Diego Gulls, assistant coach Sylvain Lefebvre, sitting right there in and third San place. Diego, yeah, San Diego was on the bottom the bottom of the league uh, for yes. uh, a long stretch, and, and they made an incredible run. Um, and that uh, the whole top end of, of the Pacific is uh, a bit of a dogfight now, as you say, with Bakersfield um, <laughs> uh, going crazy and, and right up to the top of the, the standings of the Pacific. It's going to be fun, folks. It's going to be fun. Playoffs are just, oh, you know, just just about two months away. So now's the time when – Every point, everybody's going to be watching every point, every game, uh, and doing the math every day. And we'll, of course, be here to bring you all the excitement all the way along. Uh, and there's going, the, to be, there's going to be the usual, um, you know, you look at a team like the Manitoba Moose, who have, uh, they've moved their way, way back up into the, uh, the picture. They're at the, in the mm-hmm. central. They're one of those teams that uh, are, are within striking reach, but... Uh, with the injuries in in Winnipeg, they've lost Sammy Niku. Uh, Tucker Pullman just got called up today because of the uh, another injury to Dustin Bufflin. So AHL teams are going to have to deal with the usual uh, injuries, but also with the trade deadline, there's always the um, the AHL players that uh, are also involved in the trades, which uh, could uh, throw lineups into a. A tizzy and and then um you know could affect the standings so um we'll see we'll we'll see how that um as we work up to the trade deadline next week um how that uh, affects the AHL and uh and some of these winning streaks and, and the standings for sure i'm sure i'm sure our episode next week will be uh, full of news after uh, after having just survived trade deadline day 
With that being said, we are going to take one last quick break, and when we come back, we're going to go beyond the AHL, and we're going to talk about why the OHL's Niagara Ice Dogs have made some news this week. What's it about? You'll find out on the other side of this short break. Don't go away. Don't go away. Be sure to follow us on social media. Find us on Twitter at the AHL Report. Check out our original game photography on Instagram at AHL Report and watch our exclusive video interviews with players, coaches, and other notable hockey names on our YouTube channel at All Habs. Just remember to turn on notifications so that you never miss a video. The AHL Report, your premier source for Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and all American Hockey League news. Rick, the uh, the OHL put out a press release that um, certainly flagged your attention. Uh, you you forwarded off to me and said, "Oh my goodness, uh, this is this is something." Um, and it's regarding the Niagara Ice Dogs Hockey Club. Um, and unfortunately, it's not a press release about anything particularly uh, that, that that was that happened on the ice. Um, it's and and quite frankly, it's going to be interesting to see what the fallout from this news is. Do you want to tell our listeners a little bit about what happened? Uh, David Branch and and uh, the commissioner of the OHL and and the OHL issued a press release uh, uh, the end of last week uh, saying that uh, the OHL had had um, uh, undertaken an investigation through a third uh, third party. They had hired a law firm. Um, and the investigation had revealed that uh, Niagara had uh, violated um, recruitment policies. They weren't specific in, in terms of, of um, what happened there. Um, but um, after their investigation, they have levied um, a $250,000 fine against the Niagara Ice Dogs, which is uh, a huge An amount for a, amount a junior hockey team. Um, and they've also um, stripped the um, the Ice Dogs of their first round draft picks in uh, 2019 and uh, 2021 in the OHL priority selection draft. So um, pretty uh, stiff penalties in terms of both financial and and uh, uh, on the hockey side in draft picks, uh, sending a, a clear stern message. Um, Niagara responded simply to say that uh, they wouldn't be making a comment. Um, they will be appealing the ruling uh, and that they um, uh, assert that, that no current members of the, uh, of the staff or the players uh, were involved in any kind of uh, violations. Uh, so they'll be appealing that ruling. As I said, it's going to be really interesting to see what the fallout is is from this. As you said, $250,000 is not a small amount of money for a junior hockey team. Um, and not only the $250,000, but the legal fees that they're going to rack up now as they go through appeals processing and, and things of that nature. This is cool. There's a, there's a lot that could potentially be unpacked there. Um, just it it as this story unfolds, you know, I it's 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 a shame if it's again we should always say you know it's it's alleged at this point there was a third party investigation. Um, you don't want to see these kinds of things happening, but this kind of news coming out and these kinds of of punishments can can have awful ramifications for for a smaller hockey club so big, well, there's big, very there's very clear rules about what's allowed and what's not allowed in recruiting junior hockey players uh but we also know that that it's um very competitive uh very aggressive um in order to recruit players to your club and and we'll see what that all means uh this is the beginning of the story and we'll have to keep an eye on it um as it goes through the the appeal process and to see where where it ends up. Absolutely. And we'll be sure to bring you updates as we learn them. The other thing that we'll be sure to do is to keep you up to date live uh, 
in game at the rink, uh, continued, uh, updates with the Laval rocket this week. Uh, as we mentioned, the, the rocket will play in Syracuse tomorrow night, another division rivalry game against the crunch who are currently sitting in second place in the North division. So, um, if you've never watched a game against the Syracuse Crunch, I highly recommend you tune in. Uh, if you if you have AHL TV, uh, always <laughs> it's always physical, it's always chippy, it's always loud. Uh, the building's loud. It's always exciting hockey to watch. So sure to be a good one there. And uh, as long as uh, weather that's coming through the southern part of the Mid Atlantic doesn't. Uh, doesn't prohibit travel. We will be bringing you live game updates and of course, post game interviews and videos from that. And then uh, my friend and colleague, Chris G will be uh, at Laval this weekend where Laval then heads home for a little bit. Uh, They'll, they'll play two games this weekend um, against Cleveland. So um, sure to stay tuned for that as well. Um, So he'll have post game audio and things of that nature. Always, we just have all sorts of coverage for you um, before. Um, sorry, I'm just pulling up. I take that back. Cleveland's next week. I, I thought I had that wrong. Manitoba Moose. Manitoba's coming to town this weekend. So it's the Winnipeg Jets organization. I knew something was was not correct in what I was saying there. Uh, so the Moose come in for two games this weekend, which... Um, as you say, Rick, they, they've, you know, they've recently lost some players and, and it'll be interesting to see who, if they get anybody back from Winnipeg before this weekend, uh, what kind of reinforcements Manitoba gets. Um, and we should also mention that Laval has at least a temporary reinforcement. Uh, Dale Weiss reassigned uh, to Laval earlier today with Paul Byron coming off of IR. And we'll and, see uh, if he gets yep. into to action there uh, or not. Um, That's true. Um, even just uh, as a, a tune-up to keep him ready to to go back once the the roster limits are removed after the trade deadline, um, he'll be uh, back up in Montreal. Absolutely. So you can count on the AHL report and the Rocket Sports Media team to keep you updated all week long and all weekend long. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at the AHL report. That's the best place to go uh, to find everything all in one place, whether it's live in-game updates, post-game recaps, uh, exclusive interviews and videos. You get it all right there at the AHL report on Twitter. Um, you can find me at Flyers Rule. You can find Rick at All Habs. And, of course, be sure uh, to go to your favorite podcast platform, type in Rocket Sports Radio, and you'll find not only this podcast and all of our archived episodes, but all of our podcasts here at Rocket Sports Radio. And that includes Canadians Connection, which airs live at 1 p.m. Eastern on Saturdays with Rick and Joe Whalen. Uh, we also have Habs Unfiltered. And we have Have a Listen. So lots for you to listen to. Just type in Rocket Sports Radio, search for that, and you'll get all of our wonderful podcasts. We've got a lot of really great original content uh, that we bring to you each and every day. And if you want to help contribute to that content, uh, you feel that you have something to say, you feel that you have some skills, some talent, uh, to share if you're uh, loyal and willing to be committed to a team. Uh, maybe you've, uh, uh, you're have you in a, a, a broadcasting program, a communications program. Maybe you've just graduated, you want more experience. Uh, go to um, ahl.report uh, and uh, find the Join Our Team tab and, and uh, send in an application. You might uh, join um, uh, what is a fabulous rocket sports team uh, bringing you all kinds of coverage from all over both sides of the border. Um, and, uh, and maybe you can help us out. We would love that. We have a great team. I actually just was tweeting that this week. Uh, I had some great interactions with some team members this week on Twitter and just gushed about what a great team we have here at rocket sports media. We'd love to hear from you. Be sure to keep in touch with us all week long. If you have questions throughout the week, shoot us, uh, shoot us a, a tweet on Twitter or contact us on Facebook. And, of course, always follow along on Instagram as well. And we will be sure to be back here again next week, next Tuesday, 
one day following the trade deadline uh, to bring you all of the latest news on the Laval Rocket, the Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and all the other news happening around the AHL. Uh, Rick, thanks so much for being here. Enjoy um, one of eight National Cherry Pie Days tomorrow. I'll be sure to, yeah, I'll be sure to dive right in. Okay, that sounds good. And we'll see you back here next Tuesday right here on From the Press Box at the AHL Report. Have a great week. Move on.